coming through fine now it was just waiting for your uh, access on your mic okay sweet sounds good nice to uh, nice to finally speak to you mate i've been reading through your article this morning and uh, we'll dig into that a little bit more later on but yeah really excited to have a conversation about all this stuff and and see things from a bit of a different perspective it was very interesting the way that you've laid things out there so welcome on the show and uh, nice to get to speak to you finally Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I was scrolling through Urine Batter's website, and uh, dude, it's it's a really dope website. Um, it's so cool. I was looking through like Canute's uh, page. I was looking through Citadel Twenty One's uh, stuff, and um, also Eric Carson's. And like, you guys really pull it together well. Good job on that. Thank you, mate. We can't take all the credit there. There's uh, there's more than just us two, and so uh, I can't take credit for it, but I very much appreciate that. Um, I, I was quite impressed, and I'm really looking forward to see what mine looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to be an exciting one because, uh, you know, I, th- I think the things that you're touching on in the article and uh, people will have the chance to read through when this goes live are, are really, really important. And um, before we sort of dive in, though, I-, I wanted to just hear a little bit of a background on your entry to the space because it's something that I've sort of seen from afar. We've never connected before, but I've seen, I remember when you entered the space, an American HODL putting you up for the internship with Marty. And I was seeing all this stuff from the sidelines. And to be honest, I didn't know how young you were and I don't want to dox you, but I'm pretty fucking impressed that you've wrapped your head around this as quickly as you have. And to see where you've gone in the space so quickly is is incredible. So It'd be cool to sort of hear the story of how it all came about and, and how you found your way onto Bitcoin Twitter. Yeah, so um, I found Bitcoin my senior year of high school in 2018, I mean 2017, and it was quite early on. It was, well, late in that bull run, but um, it was around when Bitcoin was $6,000. So I think that was like October. It was somewhere in the early fall. And Mm -hmm. I I came home from school that day and I was just chilling on my computer, um, just burning some like an hour or two before I had to go to soccer practice. I grew up playing on a very competitive travel team. And that was like my number one passion before Bitcoin. And my brother and his friends come downstairs in the basement and they they start talking about Satoshi Nakamoto and Bitcoin and how it's going to change the world. And I'm looking at them like, <laughs> you guys are idiots. Oh, my God. You really bought into that? And, like, I'm just <laughs> clowning. I'm like, you guys got to be kidding me. Like, how are you that dumb? And after, like, 15 minutes of explaining it to me, I was kind of like, 
well, how would you even buy it? And they were like, oh, just download an app called Coinbase on your phone and you can buy it like really quickly. And I was kind of thinking this is 100% a scam. Like there's no way this thing is legit, but if people are getting rich off it, I might as well, you know? So I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll pump the Ponzi. I'll put some money into it. So I downloaded Coinbase and I, I, I bought $50 worth. I had some money because all throughout high school in like the summer and winter, I would do, I would work a job, whether it was like an actual like hire job or it was like, you know, raking leaves, shoveling snow, house sitting, stuff like that. So I always had some money on me. And I probably had like a net worth of like 500 bucks my senior year of high school. And um, over time, that all went into Bitcoin. But uh, I bought 50 bucks. And then I was like, okay, I have exactly $50. And then when it showed up on my Coinbase account, it said like $47. And I was like, oh my God, it just dumped. Are you kidding me? This is a scam. But it was just the Coinbase fee because I was so young and naive. I didn't even know that there were fees to it. So um, ever since that day though, like I, I just thought it was so cool and I kept my eye on it. And like I've been in Bitcoin pretty much every day since that day, just falling down the rabbit hole. I, I went through a shitcoin phase for a little bit, but I, I got knocked out of that uh, pretty quickly, I'd say. And um, yeah, dude, uh, one of the things that brought me to Bitcoin Twitter was that very day that I bought it. And before I say this, I want to mention that it blew my mind that there was this entire like economy and monetary system growing up right under my nose and I couldn't even see it on the internet. Like that day I found out about Bitcoin was the first day I had ever heard the word Bitcoin. It was the first day I had ever heard the word like crypto or blockchain or anything related to it. I had no idea this, this stuff was out there or existed. And that just blew my mind how something this big could be on the internet and I missed it completely. I have no idea how. But uh, <laughs> one of the things that brought me to Bitcoin Twitter was I had a burner account on Twitter where I just, like, again, like going back to the soccer thing, I love watching European football and European soccer. And uh, mm -hmm. I love, like, following English people because I'm a huge Man United fan. I like watching the Premier League. And I follow, like, a bunch of, like, English people. And uh, I like hearing their commentary or reading their commentary throughout games and just, like, keeping up to date with, like, transfer news and stuff. But I also followed some video game people just because I liked watching, like, Call of Duty zombies and stuff on YouTube. And there's one guy I followed. He, he's in 100 Thieves, a gaming organization in California, and his name's Noah J456. That very day I found out about Bitcoin, I turn on my phone, I go on Twitter, and one of the first tweets I see is Noah J like tweeting out a chart of Bitcoin. I had no idea he he was into Bitcoin. I was like, well, this dude's pretty smart. So if he's into Bitcoin, like there might be something to it. So I, I just, I, I would Google Bitcoin and I saw these cartoon characters. I mean, not Google, I would search it up on Twitter and I saw these cartoon characters making so much money. And I was like, that's fucking badass. Like that's pretty <laughs> sweet. Like I would love to do something like that. And 
it, it really changed the course of my life throughout that year because since I heard it so early in my senior year of high school, I was like, man, like thinking about life after high school because like I was planning on going to play soccer out of school and then I was like, I don't really want to do that anymore. And then I was like, I'm just going to go to a four-year school and just party and have fun. But then I, the more I learn about the opportunity cost of Bitcoin, I'm like, man, like, I don't think I want to go to four-year school anymore. Like, if this thing is actually legit, because I was thinking, if this thing is really legit, and in the next few years we go on to just new astronomic highs, I don't want to miss out again. I've already missed out the past, you know, however many years since 2009. It's like, I, I can't miss the boat again. I have to take advantage of this. Because, you know, there's an unlimited amount of fiat. There's a limited amount of Bitcoin. So it's like, man, I, I just thought I can't. Like, this is a perfect chance to create wealth by working hard, like sacrificing a few years when you're young for a lot mm -hmm. of years of wealth when you're older. So I was like, it, it was a really tough decision. But at the end of the year, I decided not to go to a four-year school. And I, I decided to go to community college and just get a job instead. And I worked those next few years um, on Bitcoin Twitter. I was learning every day. I was a full-time student at a community college. And I worked a lot at a, a physical therapy clinic. I was picking up extra hours. I was working weekends. I was doing all I could to um, stack as many sats. And then uh, over time, dude, like, I, at, at one point, I thought I had made the wrong decision. And I worked really hard to get accepted into this, you know, my quote-unquote dream school. And I, I think it's so cringe calling it a dream school just because I don't know. I, I don't like saying that, but I worked really hard, got all A's and B's in school. I, I drove down to that school for an on-site interview after I applied. And um, they were like, if you get all A's and B's this semester, we'll accept you into the school for the next year. And then uh, I did end up finishing that semester with all A's and B's. And they sent me my email saying, oh, you know, congrats on your grades. Like, let's move forward with the process of getting you into the school. And I just started thinking, like, okay, this is a huge turning point in my life. I can either, A, go to school and stop working and just live like a normal teen, or I can continue working, continue just going to the community college, continue stacking Bitcoin, and really, like, dive into Bitcoin way, way more and focus more on it. And it was a, long, it was a hard decision, but after a while, what, I was like... Sorry, Nick. What what year is this? Like, just so I can picture where we were in the chart and where we were in the cycles. Like, when you're mm -hmm. making this decision, when when was this? This was the spring of like. This was as I was closing my first my freshman year of community college. So mm -hmm. I I was about to head into the summer, and then the fall would be the sophomore year. Sorry if I uh, jumped the gun on that, but uh, but yeah, no, I was kind of cool. sitting there like. I could either go to a four-year school now and start my sophomore year, or I continue, could continue doing what I'm doing and just up my Bitcoin stuff more. And I decided that I just want to up my Bitcoin stuff more. Um, and mm -hmm. I came through that conclusion by talking with some of the older people at work who kind of encouraged me, like, 
to follow like what I want to do in life and not like what everyone else does. And so going into that sophomore year of college, that's when things really started to kick off for me in terms of Bitcoin Twitter. And I started to get more followers and like more people started recognizing me. And it all started when St. Bitcoin invited me on his podcast. And um, we just went on, chatted some shit and uh, he put it out and it did pretty well. And then that kind of just started like a domino effect. And then like over the next few months, I started like writing more and like publishing on medium. Some of my medium articles when I first started were complete trash, but I I really liked it. And I like just putting stuff out there and having people critique me so I could get better. And I think over time I have gotten better. And then I went on John Vallis's podcast and that got me to like an even broader audience. And, um, like people just kept following me and interacting with me and stuff. And then eventually, so beginning of 2020, um, like January, 2020, I was visiting my parents and my parents live like, well, at the time my parents lived like four hours away from me and it was a Friday and I was going down there to visit them for the weekend with my brother. And, uh, I had my phone on mute the whole time because I was driving and I'm listening to Bitcoin podcasts, which I did a lot, by the way. Um, I, I, I drove a lot back and forth between my parents' house and where I was living. And it's a four hour car ride. And after a while, mm -hmm. that's the dream. That's the best way to consume podcast. There's (laughs) nothing better than driving. It's just because you're in this state of like, I don't know, you don't have to concentrate too much, but you're still active and, and so you're more engaged and it's just like rather than listening to all the trash that you'd otherwise listen to, you're just consuming all this information. It's, it is fucking amazing doing that. Mm-hmm. The, the more the more driving, the better. And um, so like when I graduated high school, my parents sold uh, the house we grew up in because they wanted to move to a different house in a different area. And um, I was at a point like the summer going into my sophomore year and like the fall of that year, I was in like a pretty bad living situation. I I don't want to get too into it, but I hated where I was at. And I, I, I would only stay there like the bare minimum. Like I would stay there Monday through Thursday. And then Mm -hmm. Thursday night I would get off work at like 8 PM and I already have my bags packed and I would just go to my parents' house for the, for the weekend. And I was like that for a few months just cause mm. I hated where I was living. And it was just this night drive every Thursday night and an evening drive back every Sunday night, four hours, both way. And I would just consume Bitcoin podcast the entire way. And I loved it. I worked, mm. I mean, I learned so much in that time. And, uh, just, um, but back to the, the pod, the thing I was just talking about is I had my phone on mute and I'm driving to my parents' house and they were like, Hey, your brother's already down here and we're hungry. There's, you know, this restaurant on the way, meet us there. So I pull into the parking lot and I turn on my phone and my phone has like a billion notifications from Twitter. And I'm like, Oh boy. I, I got, I got pulled into something <laughs> and, um, Marty had, uh, Marty had tweeted out saying that he was looking for an intern, like a young guy to do some work for him. 
And I was thinking, well, he, I think he tweeted that with me in mind because a few days before, like earlier that week, I was at work and he messaged me and was like, I think it's time we get a zoomer on uh, Tales from the Crypt. And I was like fucking fanboying at work, like freaking <laughs> out. <laughs> and um, then, you know, a few days later, he tweets that in uh, American Hoddle and John Vallis. And they're commenting and tagging me like, oh, Nick's the man for the job, like hire Nick. So I, I, uh, I contact Marty and he's like, email me here. I email him. And then that weekend we get on a zoom call and we talk about it and, um, everything sounded good. And, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the gig. But one of the funny things was, uh, Brady from Swan Bitcoin was also like, he was commenting in that thread and he was like, damn, I was just about to offer Nick an internship. And then he (laughs) DM'd me and was like, Hey, I know you're talking with Marty right now, but could I persuade you to join us? And I would have done it if I wasn't already working a full-time job in in school full-time. Like, I I just didn't have the time to do all of it. But, like, man, I I, I wish I would (laughs) have. Like, like that would have been cool. But, um, yeah, that, that allowed me, like, just to talk to Marty and get, you know, to pick his brain on some things and to learn from him a bit. And like that definitely like added to like my resume. So later on that year, um, when COVID happened, I got laid off from my job and we went to online learning and where I was living at, like my friends were all home from college and it was fun hanging out with them and stuff. And like, we'd go up to our high school and play like soccer and stuff. And like, things just started getting kind of bad with like the police forcing lockdowns and stuff. And Mm -hmm. uh, Virginia went into like a a complete mandatory lockdown. And I was like, well, I live like an hour away from DC and things are going to get really hairy here. So I'm going to leave. So I left and I went to my parents' house and where my parents live, there's not, there's not many police. People are super civilized and chill. And uh, I went there and life kind of just carried on as normal. I didn't have any, like, there wasn't any, like, forced lockdowns or anything. So when I was there, um, I ended up meeting CK Snarks through a Zoom call, and uh, I got a job at Bitcoin Magazine. And then that Marty internship really helped with that as well and persuading the CEO to bring me on board. So that's pretty much how I got here. It's such a fascinating story because it's really rare to see someone take the path that you've taken. And I think a lot of the reason for that is it's sort of seen to be the stupid move to turn down school, to come and join this internet cult. And, you know, it's like a crazy thing to do. And it's, it's people look down their nose at people who don't go off to college. And, you know, th- this whole system is there to challenge what you've done. But you were fucking right, mate. I'm very pleased for you that you made that decision. You had the bollocks to do it because look where you are now. And uh, you made the right decision. You you decided to go against the grain. And where would you be if you'd have not bothered to do it, if you'd have gone into education 
And I think this is where we can start to dig into this article that you've written. And it's fantastic. Like, I really like the style. It's very, like, grounded. It feels like I'm having a conversation with you when I'm reading it. And the way that you've gone into talking about education, savings, and family, to me, that kind of shows me what's been going through your head. And with with the education side of it, what was that like making that decision? Because I imagine it's not just you you've got a lot of people influencing you you've got a lot of people maybe trying to give you advice you know when you said to people i've got into this school my (laughs) dream school you know i I can go there they've accepted me but i'm not going to i'm going to continue working i'm not going to take the four years to fuck around and shack a load of birds and and do whatever else people do at college i'm actually going to work my bollocks off and stack sats how was that received um so like my parents, neither one of them went to college. My mom was a nurse, and at the time, she didn't need to go to a college. She went to like a one or two year trade school thing. Um, and then my father was a fireman, so he didn't go to any college either. And I remember my senior year, like it kind of took some weight off my shoulders when my parents were like, if you don't know what you want to do, you don't have to go to college, but if you don't go to college, you have to work a full-time job. You know, you can do what you want, but you have to be doing something. Like, we're not just going to allow you to stay home and play video games all day. And um, so as long as you're progressing in life and doing something, you can do whatever you want. Like, my parents encouraged me to go to college, especially because, like, my mom grew up poor, so she didn't really have the money to go to college. And um, I feel like... I feel kind of bad sometimes not going just cause like she worked really hard to be able to afford to put me through college. And like, that's kind of like a flex in her eyes. So it's like, mm-hmm. and, uh, I didn't do it. My brother, my brother, uh, he went to college. He's in it right now and, uh, he's doing well. So, uh, I'm sure she's happy about that. But, uh, and I know she's happy with what I'm doing right now, but like when I was making my case to my parents, it was more of like, I wasn't trying to bring in Bitcoin too much because my parents would have been like, you are ridiculous if you were turning down this <laughs> university to, to buy magic internet money. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but one of the things that really persuaded me was my freshman year of college, some nights at work, it would be really boring. Like there wouldn't be many patients there. And I would take out my phone and I would DM people who were older than me and more successful than me, like like American Hoddle, uh, Jeremiah on Twitter, um, and a bunch of other people. And I would be like, hey, this is who I am. I'm this years old. Like, this is what I'm doing in life right now. You seem pretty successful. You seem pretty damn happy. Like, can you share with me how to get to where you are? And we would sit down and we would just talk and they would just give me like some good life advice on what I should do. And all these successful people are telling me, don't go to school, like just focus on Bitcoin a hundred percent, like accumulate as much as you possibly can and just focus on like building a career around this and you'll outperform all your peers that went to college. And then I started looking at like, who are the people telling me I need to go to college? A lot of the people were like, let's say my, I know my parents wanted me to go to college cause they knew I would have fun going there. But like the people who mm-hmm. look down on you for not going to college or like, I've noticed 
from like my friends' parents and stuff growing up, like they're not as successful in my opinion as people who like made their own way. If that makes sense, like I, I've noticed, mm-hmm. I've noticed a lot of uh, my friends' parents like really beat into their kids' heads. Like you have to go to college, you have to go to college is the only way you ever be successful. And it's like, well, they're not doing that well in life, but yet my parents and some of my other friends' parents who didn't or who don't, like, beat that into their kid's head, even if they did go to college, like, they seem a lot happier. They seem a lot more successful and wealthy. So it kind of was just, like, if you're going to say something, like, you kind of need to back it up with something Mm -hmm. to show me that, like, proves your thesis is correct in this. And it's, like, I just wasn't seeing that at all. And I was really nervous about, like, making the wrong decision because I want to do well in life you know, like everyone does. And I don't know if it was just me having anxiety or what, but I really didn't want to make the wrong decision. And the more I researched Bitcoin and just studied, you know, economics and history and stuff, it the clear answer to me was just Bitcoin. And uh, it was a hard decision because I felt like I had wasted a long time, like studying super hard and, you know, taking all these uh, SAT and ACT tests to go to college and, you know, traveling to the schools and visiting them and stuff like that. So it was a hard decision. But um, another thing that made it easier is I, I have a, I have a group of Bitcoin friends on Twitter who are all around my age and some of them dropped out of school as well. Like, and they're doing very, very well. And, um, like I, I know a couple kids who are teenagers in Bitcoin and they're wealthier than some of the families, like some of the whole entire families that I grew up with. And it's, mm. I was like, Hmm, I, I can either take advice from the people who are going to look down on me for not having a piece of paper with ink on it and, uh, my name on it from a university, or mm. I can talk to these teenager cartoon characters on twitter and get super <laughs> rich so i was like i i think i'm gonna place my eggs in this basket yeah well that was wise and you make a good point like it, it is clear what you said where you know you have these people who a lot of them are educated and and they're an intellectual but they're not earning any fucking money they're not necessarily doing the things they want to do in life sometimes there's a bit of bitterness and I've found that a lot of those people, if they see someone who's not as educated as them, but they've done well because they've worked hard and they've been street smart, they'll generally put it down to luck. That They can't accept that uh, someone hasn't gone to the college or university and that they haven't taken this traditional path and that they don't have that piece of paper framed in their office, but they're doing better than them. And, and I think that's a really good way to go through life is just look at what people are doing who are successful you know, it sounds like you've had some great mentors, you know, Hoddle and people like that who have taken the time to chat to you. And and you look at people like that and you go, right, there's a clear pattern. These people work fucking hard. They think on their feet. They're not appealing to authority. And, and you you copy what those people are doing. And, and you know, generally that's the best way to go. Um, did you have people when you're saying, I'm not going to go to college, I'm going to do this Bitcoin thing, like how many people were listening to you and thinking that what you were saying had some legs or some merit? And then what percentage of people treated you like you were stupid? Like, how was that experience? Because for me, 
regardless of my successes previous to Bitcoin, everyone has treated me like an arsehole for the last three, three and a half years, like I'm a complete fool and laughed at me. It's quite a frustrating thing to deal with because when you step outside of Bitcoin Twitter, you're like the outcast weirdo and maybe things change now. But what was that experience like for you? Yeah, so I definitely got shit on a lot for being in Bitcoin. <laughs> and I, 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 I often tried not to bring it up to people just because, like, mm. my, my, my friends from high school, I love them, but they're full degenerates. Like, I, I can't talk about money or philosophy <laughs> or stuff with them. Like, I, I remember one time I tried to. I was uh, playing soccer with a few of them. And I knew one of them had uh, bought some Bitcoin. And it was like, and this was after the BSV fork happened in 2018, 2019, I think. Whenever we mm-hmm. dropped from 6,000 to 3,000. And I'm like, bro, yeah. so like, you see the Bitcoin price lately? And he's like, dude, fuck Bitcoin. My $50 is now 25. And I'm just laughing like, <laughs> so? <laughs> it's $25, dude. Come on. And, um, I just, you know, turned the conversation away. But, uh, mm. dude, yeah, I've definitely got looked down a lot. I've definitely got clowned a lot for being in the Bitcoin. Uh, people saying stuff like, oh, well, I know some economists who says it doesn't work. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, they're fiat economists. Like, they're Keynesian mm-hmm. economists. Like, what do you expect? And, uh, yeah, I, I've I've taken my fair share of shit. And, um when it came time for me to drop out of school, cause I never finished community college. Um, I was, I dropped out this summer and when I made that decision, I knew what I wanted. Like I knew I just wanted to do Bitcoin stuff, but I told my parents, I was like, yeah, I don't want to go to school in the fall just because of the whole, whole COVID thing. Like I don't mm-hmm. like online classes. And I used that as my excuse that I wasn't learning and I wasn't getting a good experience in online classes. And my parents were like, you know, that's, that's fair. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to go this fall. You can continue doing this Bitcoin thing. And like, it was kind of like a Trojan horse in, in, into me never going back. <laughs> but um, I didn't tell some of my friends for a while because, you know, I, I just know I would have received like a lot of shit for it. But like mm-hmm. over these past few weeks, like I've been talking to some of my hometown friends and some of my hometown friends, they're either doing well in school or they don't really like it. And like I've talked to a few of them who are like interested in dropping out for their own personal reasons. Like one being like, I've talked to a few of them and they're like, dude, it's so expensive. Like, I don't know if I can mm-hmm. keep this up and stuff. And, uh, I told him, I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, if it makes you feel any better, you know, I dropped out and I just do Bitcoin stuff full time and like, oh, that's pretty cool. So recently, I'm I'm assuming just because of the price action, you know, and going up, uh, they've taken like a liking to it and I haven't received like any real shit from it. But uh, definitely during the bear market, 100 percent, I've I've had to (laughs) debate people on a bunch of nonsense and you know, you all know how it goes. It's so frustrating. It's it's so, so frustrating to deal with that sort of stuff. And I think that's why it's so nice to be on Bitcoin Twitter because, you know, you're sort of around a group of people who look at things in the 
same sort of way and and they've already got their shit together it's very difficult when you're speaking to people outside of it and you're trying to explain because it's so complicated like you know you were saying you're spending all this time listening to the podcast and studying and economics and computer science and all the stuff that you have to understand and like first of all they already want you to be wrong like they immediately want themselves to be right you to be wrong they know someone who's smarter, like you said, who's an economist. And they're just, they're not ready to learn or take the time. So it's just, it tends to just be a complete waste of time trying to explain it to people. And like you say, until that number goes up and they start to see the price running, they're just not going to be interested because it's too much hard work. And uh, they've got other stuff they would prefer to be doing. And I don't know, maybe... Um, maybe that's what gets everyone else in eventually is is the price and and maybe people do just buy when they deserve to buy you know uh, you deserve to buy because you took the time they didn't so they can buy a hundred hundred thousand or a million <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know you know it's one thing that's also funny to me is i'm seeing these twitter accounts with cartoon characters and like 30 to 100 followers absolutely dunking on these people who have net worths of hundreds of millions to billions of dollars and mm. they're debating them and like an economist will post like some stupid tweet and the cyber hornets just going and wreck them like these unknown people are just <laughs> dunking on these you know people that i before bitcoin i would have thought were geniuses and they're mm-hmm. just exposing them like it's like man like these crazy bastards are on to something <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is funny i love seeing that and it's so quick now isn't it like like you say the cyber hornets just one stupid tweet and everyone's just absolutely obliterating them it's so funny to see um but but it's true like I think it's I think it's undeniable that that whole fiat culture and the, the you know all this stuff that the uh, economists are being taught and teaching is just flat out wrong. Like it, it's just it, it's so fucking stupid once you realize what's been going on and you take a step back and and you learn really what Bitcoin can do. You just look at the old system and and the way that people are thinking and it's just it's like painful to watch. It's so outdated and so bad for people and um you know that was something that was interesting from reading through your article again you know you you touch on family and you touch on all these different points that the fiat system just causes issues that people don't understand they don't see what's happening but you know there's so many people who are unhappy with their lives and so many people who are complaining about their lives and really you can point to the money as the reason for a lot of the problems in the world but people don't want to hear it. So do you find that that's a generational thing? Like you're saying you've already got quite a few people in your age group and even like younger who are now into Bitcoin and they're interested in this stuff. Do you think that people are picking it up quicker if they're your sort of age group than say the boomers? Or do you think that there's less of a barrier to entry for the younger generation? Or or do you think it's just that a small percentage of people, no matter what their age, will get it? Yes and no. I feel like my generation has some advantages because we're very, very tech savvy and it's super easy to, you know, like we don't have a problem running a full node, you know, using a cold card, you know, uh, buying our Bitcoin online and sending it through coin joints. Like that's just, you know, that's just natural to us. Whereas a boomer who probably isn't as tech savvy would have a lot more trouble doing that. 
But then again, the boomer might be, or probably is a lot more educated than the Zoomer. So they would see a better opportunity, you know, in Bitcoin when it arises versus a Zoomer who already doesn't have money to invest typically. And like, I, I just feel like the Zoomers, they, a lot of them got it all wrong. Like they, the Zoomers and a lot of the younger millennials, they get angry and they go riot and they protest and they're just protesting the wrong stuff. Like they, they know something's wrong because something is wrong, but they can't pinpoint the exact thing that is wrong. And they've convinced themselves that it's capitalism that's wrong. Capitalism is evil. Like I can't even explain how many times I've talked to people my age who think capitalism is all about greedy people at the top um, taking advantage of, you know, the normal working class people. And it's like, no, it's just about finding the most efficient system. And like capitalism, in my opinion, is like, we need that. We need that to move forward. And we don't really have that right now because, you know, we have, I'd say it's crony capitalism. You know, we have this mm-hmm. um, fiat standard where they are in control of everything. And I mean, a really good example of this was the other week when uh, the r slash Wall Street bets found out that that uh, Melvin Capital was uh, shorting Melvin Capital and really a bunch of other hedge funds were shorting mm-hmm. GameStop, and they just out traded them and short squeezed it and uh, absolutely mm-hmm. wrecked them. And then you know, Big Brother government had to step in and you know cut the people off from buying more so that that. So that the uh, the hedge fund wouldn't get wrecked, and that's that's total Those poor, bullshit. Poor hedge funds, mm-hmm. bless them. Those poor little hedge funds who <laughs> rape everyone else every fucking day, and one <laughs> time it goes against them because people are smarter than them and play the game better than them. And then, like you say, the government comes in and goes, "Oh, here you are. Here's some money, and we're gonna fuck everyone else up." It's pathetic. It annoys me so much that this shit happens that's the thing with bitcoin that's just like it is the most exciting thing in the world that these people who have just had it so easy and just fucking raped everyone else they are going to lose they are going to lose this game and there's nothing that excites me more than that oh yeah it's like so so the view of that you're saying that a lot of a lot of the people your age are thinking that capitalism's bad right what do they think of that situation? Mm-hmm. If you if you lay that out to them and you go, here's what's happened, right? This is what Wall Street Bets did. This is the opportunity that people jumped on. And here's what the government did. What do they take from that? How are they looking at it? I don't think, like, when it comes to money and investments, like... They they act like it's something evil and that like it's been it's been demonized and like, oh, if you know how money and investments work, then that means you're probably a shit person. And um right. like I don't think like I think whenever you bring up stuff about money and investments, they just kinda like shy away from it. They're like, I don't even want to begin to understand that stuff. And uh I haven't had too many conversations with like my normie friends about it. Uh, I do know one of my friends who was interested in Bitcoin. Um, I don't think he has any, but he thought it was hilarious. He was, you know, he was talking to me all about diamond hands and stuff. And he's like, fuck the system, blah, blah, blah. Like he, <laughs> he'll get into Bitcoin sooner or later. But um, mm. 
Yeah, dude, I just think they got it wrong. And, uh, like, it, it's so weird to me because, like, once you know the answer that the money is fucked and that's the reason why we have all this stuff, this bad stuff going on, it's, like, it's so clear as day, but it's, like, people just can't see it for whatever reason. Like, I remember I was I, – I was one of my favorite videos on YouTube. I know everyone hates him as a Bitcoiner because he's not a Bitcoiner, but – Peter Schiff one time, he he had a camera crew follow him and he went down to the 99% or, you know, people who represent the 99% hmm. that were protesting Wall Street. And he said, well, I'm going to represent the 1% and I want to debate you guys on, you know, the stuff that you're feeling. And the people were just just throwing a bunch of bullshit at him saying like, oh, capitalism's bad. Like we need socialism. We need more government control. And Peter Schiff is trying to tell them, no, it's the government that's screwing you over. Like the Federal Reserve building is right down the road. That's where you should be protesting. And every single time they just like, man, like, what do you have against the government? Like, are you some conspiracist or something? And like, they just like their appeal to authority is so strong that if you were to tell them that the Federal Reserve and the government was screwing them over with the money, they would be like, no, are you crazy? Like mm-hmm. they're supposed to represent us. Like it's, they're so blue pilled in, in a uh, brainwashed. It hurts. And that's what you get as a result from, uh, and I touched on it in the article. Like that's what you get as a result from letting the state educate you from ages, kindergarten through 12th grade and even college. Like you, mm-hmm. They have a clear incentive to not teach you stuff that you should actually know. Like uh, the quote I have in here is something along the lines of like, no one's going to give you the education you need to overthrow them. No one's going to teach you your true history, teach you your true heroes. If they know that, that knowledge will help set you free. And they have a clear incentive to just, brainwash you from a young age so when you're older they can take advantage of you by having you go into debt and um just like you just become a cash cow at that point in my opinion Mm -hmm. like the only way to true truly educate yourself is to like get education away from the government and by people who actually want to push humanity forward Hmm. you realize to 99 percent of the world what you just said there right is mental and you are a conspiracy theorist but so am i and let's just dig a little bit deeper let's go full conspiracy theory on this right so you're saying education is effectively a planned thing where we keep the people stupid and i agree with you i think i think it is and that the whole financial system is designed and developed in a way that keeps not only the people stupid, but also indebted and enslaved because that's very good for them and to devalue their currency because the governments who carry the most debt, that's better. The the less value their currency is, then they have to pay back less effectively. Like, how deep do you think this goes? And do you think that... uh, The reason I'm asking this is you said earlier about, you know, a lot of the younger people are starting to think that, you know, money's evil and they've got this idea that anyone who understands it is evil and they don't even want to discuss it. Do you think it goes as deep as that these narratives are being pushed maybe through social media and that it's almost like a brainwashing that it's too 
is to stop people seeing the reality. And so it's like, okay, focus on the millionaires and billionaires and the people who are successful and the capitalists. Focus on them so you don't see that we're fucking you. Do you think it goes that deep? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I, mm. I even tweeted about it either like a few weeks or a month ago or something. Um, especially after the the thing that really opened my eye to that was the whole 2020 elections. Um, in my opinion, it was completely fraudulent. Like, you can't deny the evidence and the videos of people um, doing fraudulent stuff who admitted it in the video. Like, I still remember that video of that lady she had no idea she was being recorded with the guy in the car. And she was like, yeah, the funny thing is, you know, Donald Trump's right. All, all this, you know, fraudulent activity is going on, but no one's believing them because we have the mainstream media on our side censoring everything. And mm -hmm. I mean, like, it just makes me think like everything I've seen up until that point, like what haven't I seen? What haven't I, what haven't, like, what have they been keeping from me that would have made me act in a different way, if that makes sense? Like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not getting proper, um, like, the proper news as I normally would if they're, you know, stepping in and changing stuff to make me think a certain way. And it's just, mm -hmm. like, I start, I start looking at the, uh, the trending tweets in the sidebar of Twitter sometimes, and you just see all propaganda. Like, they love the crowd of people who are like cancel culture. And if like those people have nothing better to do than to just tweet a bunch of hateful bullshit all day. Mm -hmm. And they know that it, they can say like, Oh, this person did this. That means they're a right wing extremist. That means they're mm -hmm. a neo-Nazi. That means they're this, they're that. And the people, the cancel culture people will have a fucking field day with it and they will blow it up on Twitter for what I don't even I don't even know what they try and do like it, it it's kind of hard to explain like when I when they when they um cancel people on Twitter it's like it's like you either think the way we think or we end your plot you know we end your account on this uh, mm -hmm. platform and you can't ever speak again so it's like mm. just having the same political opinion as your friends your family everyone on Twitter, all the politicians, all these, the mainstream media, like, it's not a good thing. Like, typically I found out if you're against whatever the mainstream media is pushing and whatever everyone else is pushing, you're, you're going to, you're probably right. Like mainstream mm -hmm. media has a clear incentive to push a bunch of bullshit. And one of the things that pisses me off is they never, ever ever get held accountable for anything they do and mm -hmm. it's so fucking frustrating like and it's like that a lot with amongst the elites and like you know politicians and stuff like these politicians and elites they do terrible shit like inhumane disgusting shit mm -hmm. if i were to do anything remotely bad i'd get my ass locked up in prison i'd get mm -hmm. fined a lot of money like it just pisses me off how some people have absolutely no rules and like the rules don't apply to them at all, but then they apply to me and everyone else. Like who the fuck are these people to say that? Like they're, they're a human being just like me. They were born on this earth, just like me. Like the, like 
it's just so frustrating and it gets me worked up sometimes because it's just so stupid to me. It doesn't make any logical sense. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think social media has been turned into a giant brainwashing machine. And um, I remember talking with some people when like earlier this year when the Patriot Act was expanding and now they're spying on all your social media stuff even more because they were like, oh, well, because after the you know the quote unquote capital riot, which wasn't even a riot, they were um they were saying that oh we need to make sure this shit doesn't happen anymore. Like we have to stop these you know quote unquote terrorist attacks before it happens again. So we need to be able to spy on all your social media. And one of the things I have two things to say on that. One, I'm thinking well they're just going to deem people breaking quarantine as a terrorist activity. So if you go outside mm-hmm. or go to a friend's house and the FBI arrests you, like, that's that's fucked up. And mm-hmm. I can totally see that happening. And then a second thing is, where was this happen? Where was all this when Black Lives Matter and Antifa were burning down entire cities all throughout 2020? And mm-hmm. there are videos and tweets of Kamala Harris, AOC. Like, Kamala Harris was bailing them out of jail to go, let them go riot more. AOC was saying that it's okay if we riot and burn down places and lock down the economy and people lose their jobs because if Donald Trump gets out, like that's the only important thing. Like these people are Mm. ruining other people's lives, causing mayhem and destruction. And then like, there's like no consequences, no consequences. That's totally fair game. Right. But then when some fucking Patriots and people who say, Oh my God, they just, they just stole an election like that. We got to do something. So they go and they protest and, you know, I think they were let into the Capitol building. I mean, like it's, it's Washington DC. It's like the most heavily guarded city in the world. And it's like, yeah, you can't just walk in there, you know? So I think that was total BS, but it's like these people were protesting something extremely fraudulent. And you're going to say that that's a terrorist attack and all these other people aren't? That's bullshit. That's total Mm. bullshit. So it's like everything just goes out the window for me. I can't take any of these people seriously. They had lost all their credibility to me. And, um, yeah, I just see bullshit left, right, and center. And um, that's why I like Bitcoin so much because, like, Bitcoin – doesn't allow for this shit to happen like all the bad actors get fucked in the end and like Mm. bitcoin is just like this solid base layer of incorruptible monetary truth from which to build our society on pushing forward like fiat society incentivizes lying cheating stealing etc bitcoin incentivizes truth storytelling uh, actually like being progressive and like progressing through life and building things that last hundreds to thousands of years. And that's why I'm, I got even way even more into Bitcoin. Cause it's like, this is the only way out from these uh, corrupt uh, governments and institutions. Yeah. Cause you can see how it all plays out. You know, you, you can see, uh, you know, I agree with you. I think, I think it is mind control. I think it's carefully planned out. I think it's heightening people's emotions either through fear or anger and then misdirecting them and putting all of that fear and anger that they're feeling because of something the government's doing to them and then directing it at somebody else. 
and then giving them these two choices, you know, blue and red, left and right, both of them are bullshit, and and directing all of their attention into something that really, at the end of the day, makes no fucking difference at all, because none of the politicians give a shit about anyone everything's short term and mm. we had it even here for some reason all british people seem to really care about what happened with donald trump like especially the boomers so anyone my parents generation almost every time i'd see them one of the first things that would be discussed is donald trump and it would be like showing a stupid meme of him or like la- it was always like laughing like oh look at this idiot and, and i was like firstly you're not american so fuck off. Secondly, you don't know anything about the politics. And thirdly, you're just wasting your time. There's so many more important things that you could be doing with your time than like smirking and taking the piss out of something that you don't understand. But but that that comes to the brainwashing again. And like, until people realize that your vote means fuck all, and the only vote is Bitcoin, they don't get anywhere. And, and I love what you're saying there about like it, it's long-term thinking, you know, rather than four years, rather than everything just like nothing's built properly. Everything's just bullshit. People just want to consume and it's just, it's shit. Once you get into this Bitcoin mind frame, you can't help but change your behavior. It actually changes the way that you're thinking and the way you're behaving. And as far as I can see it and, and what you're alluding to there is, it makes for a much, much better society and one that can uh, can really progress over time rather than what we're seeing at the moment. It's just like, it, uh, it, it's embarrassing to be human a lot of the time. It's embarrassing to see the way that people behave. Mm-hmm. And like one of the things I wanted to touch on is like in the brain, the last thing about the brainwashing thing is like, they will use anything and everything against you because, like, they all they need is votes, right? Like, they just want to vote. Uh, they want you to vote for them so they stay in power. Mm-hmm. One of the most fucked up things that I've seen happen, and people can't see past it for whatever reason, is like I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican. Fuck them both. I, I feel like I'm a I'm a new. I don't team even want to political. Yeah, Team Orange. I, I'm a Bitcoiner, <laughs> and. One of the most fucked up things I've ever seen is the Democrats using Black Lives Matter to keep them pissed off so they vote for them. Mm-hmm. And I just think that is so fucked up using someone's skin color to keep mm-hmm. them mad so they vote you in the power. Like, mm-hmm. that will forever blow my mind. And, um, yeah, it, I mean, like, you have to be a different type of level of either p- so pissed off that you can't see clearly or just, in general, just brainwashed. And, um, yeah, that's one thing that, that really annoys me. But, like, people who are so into politics, man, I, I have this theory of, like, so I, I think they've absolutely killed God in society today. And I'm not like, I grew up Catholic. I went to church every weekend with my family. I went to CCD, which is like a weekly church school. I'm not like saying you have to believe in it. I'm still kind of deciding what I believe as well. Cause just studying history and like more religion and stuff. Like I'm not exactly sure a hundred percent what I still believe in, but I do think that, you need some sort of religion and like social structure in a society because 
people need that like inner like that inner compass telling them what's right and what's wrong and like you know how they should go about life not telling them exactly what to think but like telling them you know like guiding them in in the right direction is what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. and they've absolutely killed god and society they've killed sound money and like a few other things that i think society studying like anthropology i think society absolutely must have to succeed in like the past 50 years like we haven't had this stuff and uh it's been going downhill society and civilization's been going downhill pretty quick but i think that if you kill god in a society what you can't just like kill it and nothing replaces it something is bound to replace it like people are like religious people right Mm -hmm. and what has been replaced like what has replaced god today it's politics it's Mm -hmm. big government and politics like when I mean, if you go on Twitter, and you can't do this anymore because Donald Trump's banned, but if you look at Donald Trump's Twitter mentions and Joe Biden's Twitter mentions and AOC's Twitter mentions, any politician, these people are religious about it. I mean, they they got their tweet notifications turned on. They're chatting shit. They're arguing. They're, you know, saying, like, they're praising these people as if they're gods. And... Mm. I just can't imagine a worse thing than like you need like a good inner compass. You don't need some politician who clearly has proven over year after year that he doesn't want what's best for you and he's taken advantage of you. Like I don't get how you can replace that inside you and like worship these people. It's just I think that's one thing that's wrong also. Like like you mentioned, like red team versus blue team. These people are like, man, like, if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, like, don't even talk to me. Like, it's just a divide and conquer Mm -hmm. tactic. And, like, this is a little bit also conspiracy, but um, I think that the U.S. is in a fantastic position geographically. Um, To the left and to the right, we have two big bodies of water. So mm-hmm. if Asia wanted to attack us or if Europe wanted to attack us, how do you do it? You can't necessarily shoot a gun across the ocean and have it hit us. You can't drive a tank, you know. You got to have long-range missiles. Mm. I'm not worried about Canada or Mexico. Love Canada, love Mexico, but they won't be doing shit to the United States anytime soon. So we're mm-hmm. pretty much untouchable, right? So how do you invade a country that is untouchable. You, I know you where you're going from, here. You, you do it from the inside. You get people on the inside, corrupt it to the core. You get the people turning against each other. And I mean, like the CCP, they've been they've been overextending their their territory. Um, I I was reading about some stuff about them, like invading countries in Africa and stuff, and colonizing stuff there, and like you know. I I didn't read too much about this, but they were, like, apparently going to do something to Taiwan not too long ago. Like, it just seems like they're trying to conquer other places and invade. And, like, we've had, you know, CCP. um, There's that one girl, the CCP spy, who slept with that one uh, Democratic dude and gave up a bunch of information, and she went back to China with it. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the Mm. CCP had made a deal with College Board for the past like 12 years or something 
and they had an influence over the way kindergarten through 12th grade was taught in the United States. And like, Mm. you, you, you gotta get in at the United States from the inside and that's how you take down this country. And Mm -hmm. the more I think about it, the more I start seeing, like, it's kind of playing out like, and am I thinking, is this a conspiracy or is this actually happening? Like, I think some people love calling stuff a conspiracy that, like, actually happens. Like, for example, like, the election fraud. Like, it, it was clear and obvious evidence. Like, everyone saw it. And people are still calling it a conspiracy. But it's like, dude, if I walk up to you and I punch you in the fucking jaw and break your mouth, like, are you going to call that a conspiracy or are you going to say that happened? Because, like, you saw it with your own two eyes, you know? Mm. It's a good way to make someone seem as if they're crazy. You just go, oh, conspiracy theorist. Yeah, well, it's a conspiracy. It's like, well, you know, what, what you're saying there logically makes sense. Anyone with half a brain, and although a lot of these uh, politicians and, and the people behind the politicians are sociopaths and psychopaths, they're not stupid. You know, they might be fucking evil, but they're not stupid. And what you're explaining there about, you know, get in and and start adjusting the way education is given and get in from the inside is the logical way that you would do things. It's the most efficient, most effective way to do things. And then if you just think, well, if they've got money, they've got power, they've got influence and they want what would be best for them and worse for their competitors, they're going to do it. Like that, that that's the whole thing we learn. We learn in Bitcoin about incentives and the way that things play out. And normally they will play out the way that uh, the incentives are aligned. I don't think that that's crazy to think that. And I don't think that it's probably just happening in uh, in America. I think it's happening all across Europe. And, you know, my country here uh, is just a fucking mess. You know, we can get we can get imprisoned now for breaking lockdown rules and leaving our homes. We're getting to a point where freedom to express yourself is no longer acceptable you can get arrested for what you say freedom to move is no longer acceptable you can get arrested for moving or trying to travel so your basic human rights are being stripped from you and that doesn't sound very free to me it sounds as though this is all planned and orchestrated and that maybe uh, covid has been a perfect way to take more power take away freedoms and, and it seems as though it's happening all across the world it's very very scary mm-hmm. it seems like a plot to destroy the west i mean like the united states like i i used to say we're the last free country on earth and 2020 and 2021 is proving that we're not as free we're not as nearly as free as i thought even though we do have some more freedoms uh compared to other countries but like some of these countries like let's say the ccp in china they want full control dude they fucking hate that we have freedom they hate everything about the west and um like that fires me up because dude i think when i think about my future like i'm a pretty chill laid-back dude um all i want like when i'm older is i want like a big piece of property with a big house a nice car a hot wife and you know beautiful kids right that's all i want and the way i see all this stuff planning out is like they're trying to take that away from me so bitcoin is my best shot and i need to go all in at bitcoin because at this point it's either bitcoin or it's communism like i i truly think bitcoin's our only shot and um 
it, it just amazes me, man. Like I used to think COVID was like an actual, like, you know, zombie apocalypse, like, <laughs> you know, serious virus. Like, Oh shit, this is straight out of a movie. Dude. One of the things that's crazy to me is I remember seeing videos of people in China just straight dropping dead in the street. And that freaked me Throwing out. It freaked out a bunch shit. of other people. Mm-hmm. Where are those videos now? I can't find exactly. them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, we just got played. We just got played just in time for the election where, you know, <laughs> the wet dog Joe Biden is just wanting to do whatever the CCP wants. Like, I think uh, it just... As you can tell, I'm not a fan of communism. I fucking hate communism. I love freedom and just the the ability to do what you want as long as you're not hurting or harming anyone else. I think that's so important to humanity. Who doesn't? Like, what the fuck are these people doing where, like, what you're explaining and what all Bitcoiners are explaining is we want the freedom to work hard and keep what we earn, to have freedom but not take away anyone else's ability to be free and not cause any harm to anyone that's pretty fucking reasonable that's pretty fucking reasonable Mm -hmm. compared to we're not allowing you to move we're gonna monitor you we're gonna spy on you we're gonna fucking brainwash your children we're gonna take away the chance to really be educated we're gonna fuck your money we're gonna steal your value you're like jesus you're an arsehole like like these people are like the worst bullies (laughs) on the planet and all we're saying is, like, can we just fucking have a bit of peace and quiet and just, like, look after our family and just, like, be chilled people? That is seen as extreme. And, like, that that's quite a weird world to be living in where something so simple and so reasonable is seen as extreme tells you something's very, very wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you you just want a nice house in the hills, like you you just want a quiet life you. with your family, and like you know, grow some far, grow, grow some uh, crops. Mm. It's like, oh, you're, dude, you, are you in the KKK? Are you a Nazi? <laughs> like you're an awful person. It's like, what? how do you even come to that? Like, um, dude, uh, Senator Cynthia Loomis, uh, she's a Bitcoiner. She posted the picture of her laser eyes on Twitter the other day, and. People were commenting, until I hear otherwise, I'm going to assume that this is a QAnon conspiracy and, you know, right-wing extremist stuff. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how do you wake up in the morning and look yourself in the mirror? Like, how can you be that fucking, like, stupid's not even the word for it, you know? Mm. It's it, It blows my mind. It's just, like, the way I saw it, and I've talked about this with, like, Nico... Uh, bit vote on twitter and like we talk about how like when america broke off from england you know england was like this monarchy and mm. when we broke away we were like okay here are the rules like you know here like small government all this stuff here are the rules now let's just build a nation and develop this country and everyone just do whatever the fuck you need to do that needs to get done and within like a hundred years, America went from just a big, you know, plot of land to like one of the biggest, you know, most advanced countries in the world. And that's just what people can do, like when they're not being held mm-hmm. back by a government, like people can fully flourish and like um, just advance in life and propel humanity forward. Like government is the most 
inefficient, <laughs> the most inefficient people I've ever met in my life. And it, I'm laughing because I was reading a tweet by Vake this morning, and he was like, I can't wait for all the government rent seekers who don't provide any value to society to get laid off and then have mm-hmm. to fill out a job application just like the rest of us and get denied a hundred <laughs> times and then mm-hmm. realize, wow, I don't provide any value to society. Like mm. I, I just want to provide value. I want to see, you know, me and all my friends do dope shit and move our life forward. Like going back a little bit to like the zoomer and like Gen Z mindset. It's like, dude, they villainize money so much. It's like, they literally love to have fun staying poor, but they hate it at the same time. And it's like, I thought successful people were supposed to strive to be wealthy and successful in whatever, you know, area they work in. Like, I mean, that seems pretty cool to me. So I'm going to do that. Y'all can have fun staying poor and just being mad and miserable at nothing. Like all these people too, they got like, I swear they got some like mental issue, like not born with, but like developed through like their hatred and just like whatever else. Like I swear all of them got depression. Like that shit's not normal. You know, you should be happy. You should be, you know, wanting to do well in life and stuff. And yeah, man, it's, it's just so crazy. Yeah. The fiat standard. So taking it, taking it from like we i can sit and bash government and, and all of this stuff all day long i fucking hate them but let's take it to a positive note and let's let's imagine for a second and i think this is going to happen that we do transition to a bitcoin standard that we do take away these governments power to print and therefore to have no accountability because if they can't print then they have to have the accountability they either have to tax people or they have to create value from something and they can't fucking do that because they're as inefficient as they are so the only other option is to tax people and eventually there comes a tipping point where they can fuck off so if we think of that world and we think of being on a bitcoin standard and we think that you know some of this brainwashing stuff can uh, can slowly go away because we can have better schooling and and people can be educated really on money and understand the things that we're talking about today like where do you see this world going you know if we look at it on that positive outlook how do you think things are going to change and and how do you see the people in your generation changing the world because that's really it's going to be your generation that's going to be doing that what do you see coming I think we have to educate the youth correctly, like get them started from a young age. Like, um, like just one last t- uh, touch on this. Like when we educate the youth, like we were talking about how the government has a clear incentive to teach you stuff that is in favor of them. And it's like, we need to teach kids that socialism and communism are just as bad as being like a Nazi. And like mm-hmm. the only way moving forward is to provide value and be happy and, you know, do uh, free market capitalism because that's proven by history to work. And I think a lot of people my age and some of the millennials maybe are just so brainwashed to the point where it's like, like even some of the people who work in some like finance jobs on a fiat standard today who are older, like just the mere thought of like trying to comprehend a Bitcoin standard is so opposite. It's a complete 180 from everything they know. It's just, I don't think some people will actually be able to comprehend it. So 
I think some people will. I think some people will really open their eyes and they'll be open to it. Um, some will move on to a Bitcoin standard easier than others. But I, I think there are some people who are so stubborn out there that like they just this might sound fucked up, but they just got to get old and die off. And then we, mm-hmm. we educate, you know, people who are getting born today the right way. Like those people are gone. They're lost, whatever. They can have fun staying poor. Well, we're going to get on a new standard. It's going to take a while. I don't know how, I know a lot of Bitcoiners like saying we're going to be on a full Bitcoin standard within the next 10 years. Mm. I, I have no idea how that all plays out. It would out. be nice, like but... Yeah, yeah there's so violent. many factors. Mm-hmm. There's so many factors that go into it, and uh, some of the more authoritarian governments are not going to bend the knee to Bitcoin. Uh, like we saw in Nigeria, um, the government saying that even though they can't regulate it, like there's no point in it, they can't control it. It makes their currency weak and um, useless. They're still not adopting it. You know, they're trying to make it illegal for the people over there to uh, transact in it. But the chads over in Nigeria are still using it, still going strong. And it's it's amazing to see. Um, I think something tragic would have to happen to get everyone on board super quickly. I mean, I think hell would have to be raining down from above. And, you know, your your life is in danger because of you know, a fiat standard and, you know, there's war going on and uh, you're like, oh my God, this was the moment it clicked for me that like, this, like we can't be doing this as a society. We need, you know, a peaceful society of uh, everyone collectively agreeing to be peaceful, not everyone being peaceful because they're forced at, you know, the will of a gun to be peaceful. Um, mm. And I think a lot of those people will, come to realize that bitcoin is literally the only option we have and it's the best option it's an amazing option and um yeah so um yeah just, i just think educate the kids well give them a proper education um some of the boomers will be the lot especially the ones who deal with the uh, legacy financial system and the, the ones in government they'll never get it even if they do get it they can't admit it because it goes against their job and they'll get fucked mm-hmm. over every which way um, even people like i mean people like peter schiff peter schiff would be an amazing asset to bitcoiners but he, he won't admit it he knows bitcoin's the way he knows it's better than gold he knows gold is going to lose all nearly all of its monetary value and it's just going to be used for like you know, gold teeth and computer parts and stuff, but he won't admit it because he has a clear profit. Yeah. His clear profit incentive from his company shift gold, which I mind you accepts Bitcoin as a form of payment. So it's like, (laughs) I know. Yeah. It's sad because a lot of people take his advice and they take him seriously and and they don't realize that he knows he's wrong. Uh, He's not that stupid. He's a smart guy. Uh, He just, he's just taking the piss and he's trying to make the profit. And it's sad because people are listening to him and and they're going to lose money and, you know, they're not going to have fun staying poor. And I'm sure he has bags of Bitcoin and he just doesn't tell anyone. But yeah, I mean, like you say, a lot of these boomers just won't get it. And and also they won't have the competency if, you know, if we do go to war effectively and we do have this kind of world where the governments are trying to ban it, they're not going to win. It's fucking ridiculous. You know, at the end of the day, they've lost. They're not, they're not stopping this thing. And the generations who like grow up with tech, the, the people who grow up with tech, they're going to be able to 
use this stuff like you've already said you know you're using CoinJoin, you're running nodes you're doing all this stuff and you could probably do it in your sleep like for me it's a little bit more difficult i'm a few years older than you and i'm, I'm not so techy but i'm doing it uh but it just takes a bit of work the generation underneath you jesus they're born into this they're just it's just gonna be so <laughs> fucking obvious like you try and tell them oh use these paper notes or you know ask ask your banker use a nine to five or use this fucking gold they're gonna just think you're absolutely stupid because they're just born into this world of tech they're born into this world where like they're connected all the time and they can do what they want all the time so nothing else is going to make sense and and they're going to come up with, I'm sure, some crazy stuff. Like, I get blown away every day just seeing the developments within Bitcoin of people doing it now. Can you mm-hmm. imagine what it's going to be like in 10 years when these systems are built out and things are, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it, like, it's very exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, just look at Ben Kaufman. The dude's 19 years old. He's two years younger than me. Way, yeah. way smarter than me. And he has coded a, a brilliant computer program called specter wallet and it's amazing like it everyone loves it uh i've talked to matt odell about it a few times he freaking loves it like it's awesome to I see use it and, like, every day mm-hmm, it's, it's so cool and it's like yeah. the younger these kids like they're gonna start seeing the opportunity cost between bitcoin and college and they're gonna opt into doing more bitcoin stuff um, i'm pretty sure ben kaufman's a college dropout as well or maybe he didn't even he go to begin a- with no, no, he, he is. is. He he dropped out really. I had him. I had him on my show bit by bit uh, a few weeks ago, um, and he he told me the story of how he dropped out because he was already starting working at like fourteen years old and developing software for money, and he was just like, "Oh, what the what's the point in going to school? I'm already fucking earning." Like that guy <laughs> is a beast. He is a beast, and he's still got time to spend. You know, he's on Twitter memeing and shit posting, and uh, yeah, people like that hype me up because i just think the future is so bright so so bright he is such a quality shit poster dude it's just so yeah. funny to see i'm always <laughs> cracking up at his tweets and uh, i just yeah. think like man like some of these younger kids they're gonna start they're gonna look to ben and say hey can you mentor me can you share with me mm-hmm. you know what you did how you did this and he's gonna share his insights and knowledge and it's just gonna cause a snowball effect and all these younger kids mm-hmm. who are so damn tech savvy they're going to want to do computer stuff, you know? Um, Mm. Like going back to another thing you said was like the whole thing about kids uh, younger than me picking it up easily. It's like, dude, they're used to online virtual currency. I mean, Mm -hmm. the kids go crazy. Like elementary school kids, middle school kids go crazy for V-Bucks in Fortnite. Fortnite's just a video game, and like mm-hmm. the currency in the game is called V Bucks, and it allows them to and buy the skins, new skins and all that stuff. Yeah. Even when I was in high school, people would buy so much of it. Um, even when I was younger, I would I would play FIFA with my brother and uh, my friends, and we would play this mode called Ultimate Team, and like you can build your own team and like pick players from different clubs and stuff. And we'd be like, man, like it's it takes a while to play games and earn coins. Like we can just go to the store and buy, you know, a gift, an Xbox gift card or a PlayStation gift card, and then just buy the coins there and open up packs and buy players and stuff. And like, we valued that stuff. Cause I, I would always like be on the market looking for players. Like, man, like 
or like I would go um I would go out and I would mow lawns or shovel snow and get fiat and then have my mom drive me to the grocery store so I could get an Xbox gift card so I can, you know, <laughs> buy the players and like like the idea of virtual currency is just it's ingrained into us now. And um yeah, like I've never once in my entire life thought, hmm, can I pay in gold here? Or should I even put my value in gold? Like, will, will my grocery store, my late or my uh, local restaurant accept gold as a payment? Like, dude, there's no way. It's just, it's, it's such not a possible. shit coin. Mm-hmm. And I just think, coin. like, I'm sitting here in my apartment and I'm looking around. I don't have the space to keep boxes of gold bars in my place. And if I do, I risk someone breaking in and stealing it and oh well you can make the argument keep it in a you know bank or something well they already executive ordered 6102 mm-hmm. it back in 1933 so i i know my gold's not even safe there because it, it can get confiscated sort of integrating bitcoin and lightning into gaming and all this stuff like it just i'm not a gamer i'm not that techie but it just makes sense to me i I can't see what else is gonna happen other than that and when that happens it's gonna just be so ingrained in society it's gonna be used for everything and um i I just think it's inescapable like i i think that we've got to that point now where bar some critical bug or some i don't know we get hit by a meteor or something like that we're going to a bitcoin standard like it's going to happen it's so inevitable and uh one thing i wanted to bring up was i think it was zeb maybe not zebedee it was mint gox it was one of the gaming companies in bitcoin they integrated Mm -hmm. it into csgo which is like one of the most it's like arguably the world's biggest video game it's like a online shooter for a computer Mm -hmm. and uh, they integrated it somehow and i was like this is just the start like it's Mm. it's gonna be in everything like i can so see a future where i load up my computer and i click on steam and i can pay for games in the lightning network on bitcoin or kids load up their xboxes or playstations and they want to buy a game and they just pay in bitcoin through their phone and like it's just so easy and like it speeds up the company so much quicker as well because they don't have to wait for payment processors and merchants like the merchants don't have to wait for the payment processors and like the thing about bitcoin that like blew my mind as well was like It's not just like people say, oh, Bitcoin is so slow. Like it takes, you know, 10 to 30 minutes plus to get a transaction to confirm. It's like, well, that's final settlement, dude. Mm -hmm. And look at these fiat payment processors. They take weeks to a month to get Mm -hmm. final settlement. Like 
this completely changes the game forever. Like they don't have to wait around waiting for money all day, every day. And a lot of people think like, Oh, when I go to pay, uh, if I go to, you know, my local grocery store and pay for my groceries and my credit card, they get the money right away, but they don't. It that's like, they just say, okay, we got your stuff. You know, we know we trust visa, we trust MasterCard to get us the money. So that's why the transaction so quick is because, um, you know, they trust Visa and MasterCard to get them the money once you uh, swipe your card or insert the chip. And it's like, that's not final settlement. The money's not there 100 percent. But with mm-hmm. Bitcoin, it is. And I think that just changes everything. And um, I, I hate the argument so much that Bitcoin is slow. Bitcoin is, you know, it's expensive. It's, but it's like mm-hmm. I, I used to have this chart. I, I'll have to find it. But it's like. It shows the Bitcoin transaction speed in terms of security against like the other altcoins and stuff, which I don't think is the right comparison. You got to compare Bitcoin to gold because altcoins aren't mm-hmm. even really competition for Bitcoin. But uh, like people say, oh, my altcoin is faster. It's like yeah, it got there faster, but it's extremely weak. Like there's no point in using it. It's like I like Michael Saylor's analogy of it where it's like, you like imagine like a superhero, right? You can be a superhero that shoots laser as lasers out of his eyes, which is kind of relevant to the memes going on. But you know, <laughs> shoot lasers out of your eyes. You can fly. You can you know transform into something else. Like that's all dope. But if a gun can kill you, or if you can die as like a mortal person, you're screwed. But what about a guy who? is indestructible. You can't shoot him. You can't punch him. Like he cannot die, but he doesn't have many offensive strategies. He can just pick up a machine gun and spray everyone down. Like he's indestructible. And that's what big, that's how I see Bitcoin is like, it's this indestructible base layer that we can add on to it. So let's say it's this indestructible superhero. Well, if we want laser shooting it out of its eyes, we develop something and we call it the Lightning Network. And now we have mm. instant final settlement, fast transactions that happen within a second. And it, like, it just sets the tone for Bitcoin moving forward. It's like, we're really going to do this shit. We're really going to make this online virtual currency the world reserve currency because it already has, mm-hmm. already, already, it already has the network effects. It already has the monetary properties that make it a good money. And it fixes, you know, the problems of that all forms of previous money have failed is that if it's it failed to retain its monetary properties and someone was able to get in and compromise the money and produce more of it. And the downfall is, you know, money printing. Money printing never works. Uh, We've seen it with the uh, rye stones on the island of Yap. We've seen it with the glass beads in Africa. We've I mean, we haven't found a way to do it with gold yet or not really, but one can make the argument as gold moves up in price, that just gives the incentive for people to produce more of it. So they find new ways to uh, extract gold from the earth, produce more of it. And it's just, it's not feasible, you know? And then Bitcoin's just that hard cap 21 million. That's like, it fixes that. It fixes the problems of gold. It's not centralized, completely decentralized only decentralized uh cryptocurrency i think um and dude i'm just so damn bullish 
<laughs> me too me too well look um i think we should probably close the interview out there or in the next couple of minutes um i try and keep them to around an hour and a half i could keep chatting to you all day it's been it's been really really cool to get to know you mate it's uh it's very exciting and it makes me more bullish to see that people in your age group are just fucking understanding this so well it's incredible and um yeah I, I just wanted to say like i really really enjoyed the article we've sort of dipped in and out of it a little bit i haven't wanted to go into it too much because people will be able to read it uh, on the website but um yeah uh, is there anything that we haven't gone through that you wanted to cover um is there any shilling of uh, anything that you can do any of your other articles or things coming up uh, that people can look out for uh, yeah so number one i also really enjoyed this conversation i i love how like i've never talked to you before and then we just get on this call and it's like we talk like we're old friends and i've noticed that <laughs> it's like that with all bitcoiners dude we all just gel so well together and uh it's always a really good time and uh i guess i'll do a couple shout outs uh, shout out to optimus fields he's uh my co-host at bitcoin kindergarten it's it's a weekly show we do at uh 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific um u.s time on discord we have people come in and do live presentations and we do like an educational section and then we um end that recording and do a new recording and just chat bullshit for like an hour and just you know awesome. it's a live audience so we normally have like 20 to 30 people there and it's it's pretty fun so if any of you guys are out there and you want to uh you want to come by you're more than welcome to um also if you are if you are interested in going to the Bitcoin conference, the Bitcoin 2021 conference in Miami hosted by uh, the company I work for, Bitcoin Magazine, use code SATOSHI in all caps for 10% off general admission tickets. Um, I'm super hyped for that uh, conference and I can't wait for it. And uh, I want to meet everyone who goes there. And uh, other than that, I don't really have anything too much else to show that's awesome yeah um like you said it's it's amazing how we can have this conversation and it like you say it, it feels like talking to an old friend if you ever do find yourself in london when this travel stuff uh stops and, and you can move again give me a shout uh, all the 21 is and boys here would uh, would love to go get some drinks or something get some steak i think a few of them i won't i won't dox them but i think a few, a few of them are going out to the conference i'm not sure if i will be or not but if i am i'll uh, i'll give you a shout but yeah it's been it's been great it's been really really cool and i look forward to speaking again soon and uh, and also checking out your pod as well 100 percent, dude well thank you for having me on man i really enjoyed this all right mate take care speak soon bovarian motor works the supple soda jerk the cream floated to the top now we know it works the dream floated out my soul did it sink or swim i didn't have to climb a tree to go out on a limb and now i'm on the top floor reading comic books looking for the same path that the llama took 
I see the drama club is acting up again I opted out and didn't renew my subscription Season tickets tell you where you always gotta be I like to move around, G, that's my philosophy I recommend you try sometime if you have the means Daddy was a rolling rock, I guess it's in my jeans And since I left, I've seen big browns around town They chocolate cupcakes, but it's surround sound I'm at a loss for words, got me at a loss for words Cause you're a bald eagle, yeah, an awesome bird Except for the fact you hate the way I don't lie That look in your eyes says I'm a crook in your eyes I wanna give it all back but I'm shook when I try Like Rondo with the free throw The dead dad, look at how he won the show It'll never be perfect The thing to ask yourself, is it worth it? Do we say goodbye?